Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Steigman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. And the two of us gals uh, host a little show called High Spirits because um, we really like to drink booze and talk about ghosts. Yes. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. And we decided to share it with you. (laughs) (laughs) Because who doesn't want to listen to this? Yeah. Two gals chatting about ghosts and drinking booze. Right. Big marketplace. I like it. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking um, Sam Adams Hopscape. Hopscape? Yeah. It is a... I've not heard of that one. Yeah. It's um, like a special spring beer for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, can I, let me just say that whenever... I thought you can ask if you can taste it. I was like, I mean, no. I guess. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not selfish, but I was surprised because you don't usually... I, I don't, and I'm not a fan of the, the hoppy mm-hmm. beer. Um, no, I was going to say Sam Adams Light is one of my favorite beers, and whenever I find it, like, I think it is by far the superior light beer. Of the lights? Of the lights. Uh-huh. Um... It's hard to find. And whenever you find it, you can probably, you usually can find it at like Binnie's. Okay. So your Binnie's, which is a local uh, liquor yeah, store we should, chain. We should tell people what that is. Cause um, I was looking through our stats. We have someone in Ghana that listens hey, to this. Hey, hi Ghana. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Binnie's is a local liquor store chain in the uh, Chicago land area. Mayhaps the Midwest of America. <laughs> Perhaps. I think it's just uh, in the, Chica- the Chicago area. Is it just the Chicago? I think so. Okay. Um, Wait a second. No. Yep. Wait. Uh, okay. There might be a Benny's in my parents' hometown. All right. Well. Which is. is in the here. Illinois area. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So, yeah. You can find it there. And I always am very happy and have to buy some. Yeah. Because it's delicious. I love the Sam Adams Brewery Tour, which I always do when mm. I'm in Boston. Yes, you've mentioned to me, not on the show. I mean, it, really, I'm very repetitive. <laughs> That's how we learn, repetition. Uh-huh. Hey, I usually don't have a corrections corner, but I would like to say this. Okay. Uh, I was a little toe up during the uh, Lincoln Park Cemetery episode. Okay. Um, And there was a moment when I said something. I went right from 1860 to 1965. Okay. Clearly in error because I think I said something like 1965, the year President Lincoln was assassinated. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Anyway, Blink Blink and I are closing ear. You might not have caught it, but (laughs) uh, I did say that and I did not mean to say that. I was just rattling numbers. You're forgiven. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes you just say it, you know, and I'm not really listening to you. So No, you're not. I missed it completely. Yeah, you were just, you were reading a Marie Claire. I was reading a Marie Claire, my favorite magazine. You, when, <laughs> when did you get so into contouring? My favorite periodical. Yeah. Um, uh, I would look up and I would talk to you about the Civil War and I swear to God. And I was curling my eyelashes. Doing a makeup tutorial. <laughs> Some hooch from YouTube. <laughs> like I didn't even know you brought all this with you. I know. Um, I brought my caboodle set, and uh, yeah, I had a caboodle. What color was yours? Purple. Mine was um like an an aqua and pink. Oh, you had a blend. I did. Like the 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 latch was pink, and the rest of it was like a greenish color, I guess. <laughs> And I'm pretty... This episode of High Spirits <laughs> is brought to you by Caboodles. Caboodles! Remember those? Do they those? still have them? Probably. Oh, okay. Uh, they're like, they're basically like, they're, uh, the organization, nope, that's not going to work. I was going to try to compare it to a trapper keeper, 
They, they both are organizational things. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really... Uh, they keep your teen organized. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I put all my jewelry making shit. No. Yeah, I put all my stage makeup in my caboodle. Oh. I think I used it in college, actually. Sure. Carried that thing around. I think I finally threw mine away, maybe within this century. I'm pretty sure that mine is probably somewhere in my storage facility. My storage (laughs) facility is my parents' house. (laughs) Thank you. Want to hear what I'm drinking? Oh, my God. How rude of me. I I, was uh, looking at Marie Claire, and I totally forgot about your needs. Why did you bring it back? It's a stunning cover. It is a stunning cover, and my horoscope is really good in it. Yeah. And your horoscope is the same as mine. It's the same. So it's also excellent. Right? Um, um, you're drinking a really cool bottle. I am drinking a really cool bottle called a Barbed Wire. Awesome. It's a, you remember when Pam Anderson tried to do... <laughs> that's exactly why I bought this. <laughs> it's an homage to the Pam. Pam Anderson, uh-huh. who is a hero of mine. Yeah, a hero of all. Um, yeah. Oh, I can you believe she was married to Kid Rock for five minutes? Yeah, I can, actually. Oh, I, my God. She has the worst taste in men. That Canadian beauty. That's right. She is Canadian. She is. Well, she was with Tommy Lee forever. They have children together. They, Yep, they have two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're what, Brandon and, I want to say Dylan, but I might be only referencing 90210, but I think they're probably 16, 17 I now. think they were named after 90210. You think? Really? Legit? I mean, if their names are Brandon and Dylan, and they were born they in the 90s. Okay. We're going to find this out. We're going to follow up. God. Her um, children are old. That's great. Good for them. Yeah. Hi, Brandon. Dylan, hope you're well. <laughs> um, anything else we need to cover? Um, Not you, Pamela. We know about you. She's great. She she's, should not cover. No, she's totally Just fine. Let it go. Skin, skin, skin. Right. Well, she's very thin now. She's she? thinner than ever. Okay. Yeah. Well, thin is in. I guess. Ladies, wear your skeleton. Wear can't, well. be, can't be good for her back support, though. Oh, because she's so... Because of the boobs. Pneumotic? Yeah, you're going to say it nicer than Because <laughs> she's got big boobs. She What? what? Pam Anderson. <laughs> she's famous for other things, like... Her intellect. Lifeguarding. <laughs> and running. <laughs> while lifeguarding. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, I get it. She was famous for running because her boobs are bounced. Ta-da! Come on, everybody! All oh. right. <laughs> no, it just gave me a look of pleading. Um, so I think that means we should get on track. Noel, there's only so many things I know about Pamela Anderson. I weirdly know a lot. That doesn't surprise me by any means. <laughs> like celebrity savants. Have you? Does Tommy Lee have an autobiography? I feel like um, he does. He 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 probably does. I mean, Nikki Six does, which you've yes, read. Yes, Nikki Six does. Mm-hmm. I really don't. That one bothers me a lot because he just is so nonchalant about dying twice. Nikki Six, yeah. Well, you know that he he OD'd, went to the hospital. So uh, yeah, he OD'd. They fixed him up. He left. Uh huh. And then OD'd again. Right. I did know that. And then. But here's the thing about that. Like, I get it. I get how the brain works and you have to sort of like, you have to talk yourself through hard stuff. Right. I don't know. Um, but he tells it like a funny story. Mm-hmm. He tells it like the kind of story that one has in their back pocket if they would like to charm the room. Right. And I feel like maybe in his circle, like, hey, one time I OD'd and then I left the hospital and I OD'd again. Isn't that hilarious? I suppose that works in his circle. Right. Like in our circle of friends, we'd be like, oh. 
Tommy. <laughs> like, are you We'd okay? like to introduce you to Nurse Patty. What's going on? She's going to take you somewhere. You want to talk about it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just, ugh. Yeah, he's, but I, um, I feel like that's kind of how he is. Like, he's a very. Well, they're all, they all have arrested development. Yeah. They're all, like, Tommy Lee tells a story in Dirt, written uh-huh. by Neil Strauss, who is my favorite. And, right. Um, if you have children listening to this, um, why? Stop. I think this is episode 30. Like, you made a serious error. <laughs> no. Um, there is language. But he talks about when he was 14 or 15, he started banging this chick. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would have sex every day in a van. Right. And it was his first uh, gal pal. And um, she was <laughs> what the kids refer to these days as a, she was a squirter. Okay. Do you know this story? No. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea why I'm saying this. I wish I would stop. <laughs> you but can't. Now I, I know. Now I can't. Now stop. I got to finish the story. <laughs> so anyway, he goes through this like whole thing about like how he was so immature, right? Right. And he was like, ah, oh, it's so gross. Ah, oh. and he would tell his friends like, like, ew, this girl is like, like so gross. Like we're having all this sex, which is great. So I don't want to dump her, but she's doing this thing and it's like so gross and then oh no he had like four girlfriends after and none of them did it uh-huh and then he realized <laughs> that his first girlfriend was very gifted mm-hmm. in the sexual arts mm-hmm. and if he could go back and change it mm-hmm. that that every girl he would be with would in fact be a squirter and that is a classy gentleman. <laughs> that is why. That is why Motley Crue wrote the songs they wrote, for sure, <laughs> because they're all intellectually challenged. Well, fuck I, bags. I was um, I was listening to Nikki Six has like a rock countdown show that he does, similar to like whatever. Like, woo! Welcome to Nikki Six rock countdown. Yeah, except he's like, hey, it's Nikki Six, and oh, I hate that. Oh, this is my rock countdown. Like, he's kind of like trying to be way cool about it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's basically the equivalent of what Ryan Seacrest does every week, like the Dick Clark top 40. But chill. But chill with like metal and, and rock music. Do people still and like metal and rock music? They sure do. God, I used to like that. Uh, <laughs> still do. Um, okay. Uh, don't you judge me. No, I'm not judging you. I'll anyway, you so I was listening to it um, a couple weeks ago and um, it was pretty funny and I was like oh how you have fallen Nikki Six because he was playing like some new metal band that kind of just blows and like they basically were just playing like it was the same like boring bass line and I was like this is awful and then afterwards he like snuck in a Rush song mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. now if you want to hear some real rock listen to this pen well, do we do Tom Sawyer or what no he did um I don't remember it was not Tom Sawyer though it was another Rush Tune. Is Mick Mars still alive? Who? No. It, he's dead? No, I don't. Wait, no. Mick Mars? The, uh, uh, he was in Motley Crue, right? I don't know. It was Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, uh, uh, Vince, Neil, Vince, Vince Neil. Neil, and uh, the older guy. Oh. Who kind of, they were all like 17, yeah. 18, 19, and he was maybe like 32 when he was in the band because he was the only one who could really like. No, he's still alive. Play music and shit. How old is he? He is totally still alive. And I don't know how old he is. I know he's like a terrible back. And he got sober before they all did. So 
he found them really annoying. Right. Well, I think the I think he and uh, Nikki Six are the only two that are sober. He's sixty five. He's sixty five. Okay. Yeah. So he's older than those guys. Yeah. Is that a picture of Tommy Lee with his little like fucking flavor saver? Uh, no. He's got a he's sticking out his tongue unless <laughs> that's what you're calling a flavor saver. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and <laughs> I wasn't. I thought it was like a little goat, but like shit. <laughs> He, he's got a big tongue and a big, uh... It's kind of sexy to me. I'm gonna just sure. say it. He's got a gigantic he's gross. wiener. He does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's super gross, but also not. But you like that. I do. Yeah. All right. You would bang your way through the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we start? I mean, didn't we? <laughs> Jay. Yeah. Are we talking about ghosts now? We're going to talk about some ghosts. Uh, today I'm going to take you on a journey. Oh, I'm we're so gonna excited. go. We're gonna go to some uh, destinations. Some. <gasps> but you're gonna say we're gonna go to Destiny's Child. No, we're gonna go to some places where you've been. Th- you've been thinking maybe I should go here. Oh, maybe this is a place I want to go to. Okay. So our journey starts in at the Banff Springs Hotel. <laughs> I love to say Banff. Yeah, Banff. 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 Um. It's in a, it's a, outside of, um, Calgary, Alberta. Mm -hmm. We, you might remember Calgary from, as the (laughs) home of the 1994 Olympics. I do. Mostly just because of Tanya and, uh, Nancy. (laughs) I mean, there really is no other reason why you would remember it other than that. But, um, the site of the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal, also known as the 1994 Calgary Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's about, uh, so, so Banff is about, I just love it so much. It just sounds yeah. like a sound that a guitar makes. Um, oh. Banff. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's like an inadvertent guitar noise. Yeah. Where and I'd play that chord and be like, fuck. <laughs> Banff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, it's like not a real name. Anyway, it's about 90 minutes outside of, of Calgary. Um, and this hotel is, uh, beautiful it's set it's basically in the rockies and it's like set atop of a mountain almost it's kind of like if you've ever seen um stanley kubrick's the shining i have usually when you ask me if i've seen things i say no i know i have seen that um it's kind of like that kind of a setting yeah where that hotel is like out in the middle of nowhere atop a mountain it's just like this beautiful like huge estate it's awesome um, it's, so it's a luxury Canadian railroad hotel. Cause there's the rails right Ew. over there. Yeah. We should go. It looks so cool. And I looked up the you price. You should be a travel agent. By I the looked, way, you're really selling all of this. It's beautiful. I like, I was really excited about it. And also, was your hair like that before at the bottom? Uh, well, the color is drained out. So now it's oh, like that's really cool. blonde. Is that um, what you're doing when we <laughs> last recorded? You're just doing the bottom of your hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is in, right? Um, just taking my color, my color sticks to my Cutter hair. ones. Um, <laughs> that's totally it. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, the rooms are actually kind of affordable too. So oh, that's nice. Yeah. Let's go there. Let's find out your version of affordable. Um, I'll show you later. <laughs> well, it's Canadian money, so it's like... I was going to say, it's let's like alienate count. our working class Yeah, audience. no, we'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. There are 768 rooms to this hotel. They host... The the um, area uh, has 27 holes of golf. There's a full spa. They have hiking, fishing, river rafting, horseback riding, 
multiple restaurants, so it's kind of a resort. Okay, sounds like it. Um, it was initially marketed towards European sportsmen and tourists seeking a luxman. Lux- yes, coxman <laughs> seeking a luxury wilderness experience. Oh, it's considered the castle of the Rockies. Well, it sounds beautiful, but mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the hunting. No, but I like the spying and the restauranting. Spying? Spa-ing. Oh. Spa-ing. Wow, you know what? (laughs) Hey, listen, if you didn't know something about me, now you do. I love spies, murder, and mystery. I mean, I would like to add a spy element to it as well. (laughs) Anything with mayhem, I'm all in. I'm I'm going to D.C. in a couple weeks for work, (laughs) and I was like, oh my god, you guys, our hotel is right by the spy museum. Which is a wonderful museum. When are you going? Um, in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the, like the first week of March, I think. That's okay. Yeah. Um, don't disclose it. I'll figure so, it out. Uh, it was okay. So the Banff Springs Hotel was built at the behest of CPR president William Van Horn in 1888. What is CPR? Um, I was going to look that up and I totally forgot. No, that's fine. Until I just read it. Canadian Public Radio. Radio. <laughs> public Relations. They had it so early. I know. They're so ahead of us. Oh, my God. Um, Did you see that um, uh, Twitter going around of Justin Trudeau's ass? No, but he's amazing. He's amazing. Did you see? It's all, uh, for all of our listeners who would really like to look into that, he is wearing pants. They are just tight. Because when I first saw the link, it was like, look at Justin Trudeau's ass. And I was like, uh, yes, please. He's into, like, tantric yoga, I believe. I think that's one of his things. <laughs> I read like... that about him. Like, he knows everything. Did you see the thing that he did about um, quantum um, quantum mathematics? I did. Like, what the hell? Come on. Come on. I want one of him. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. Anyway. Anyway, um, hi, Justin. Hi. He's happily married. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Um whatever uh (laughs) just kidding keep it no keep it real man keep it real uh okay so the banff springs hotel hosted such people as marilyn monroe (gasps) queen elizabeth ii and helen keller oh yeah yeah, the the what a hero right um to this day the hotel denies any ghost activity oh they want nothing to do with it then there must be so many (laughs) correct Want to hear about them? Um, no, I'd rather okay, hear about Justin move, Trudeau. Let's no, move on. Tell me. Um, all right, so there is a room 873. Ooh. The rumor is is that um, a man and his wife and daughter were staying in this this room, and he killed his, he killed his wife and daughter, and then committed suicide. Yike. So um, the uh, chambermaids, as they call them, have reported. <laughs> have reported that the spirit of the daughter and possibly the mother never left the room. Um, Guests report being awoken by violent shrieks in the middle of the night. Um, Again, the chambermaids have reported finding bloody fingerprints on the bathroom (gasps) mirror that cannot be washed off. And the activity got so bad that um, the hotel management decided to close off the room completely. Smart. Yeah. But in spite of that, the ho- the ghost um, or ghosts still haunt the vicinity of the room, like the outside of it. Now, the counter theory to I this... I just got shivers. That's yeah. awful. Those poor right? men, girls. Now, the counter theory to this, because there's really no proof that this happened... Sure. Um, ...is that actually they decided to expand room 875 into a suite 
and in doing so, they had to cut into 873, and so 873 actually never existed, and so the door where 873 originally was is actually, like, where um, the bedroom to the suite of 875 is. Oh. So, not as cool. So, I'd like to believe that a murder-suicide happened there, <laughs> and the hotel is making this up to attract more guests. Oh, okay. Um, another friend... I like we are the worst humans on Earth. We're like, I guess... I guess maybe if non-violence happened there, that's fine. But I prefer if violence did. For real. Um, sorry, I had to take a break for a drink. Um, another friendly ghost there is a man by the name of Sam McCauley. Sam was a beloved uh, Scottish bellman. Uh-huh. Who, before his death in the 70s, the 1970s, swore that he would return and haunt the hotel. Oh. So, um, people see phantom lights and mm-hmm. elevator doors opening and closing. Um, hotel guests have reported being helped by an elder Scottish bellman in an antiquated uniform. <laughs> which is awesome. That is so awesome. By the way, <laughs> I just made eye contact with Noel in that we both kind of were like, if I ever fucking get in an elevator and there is a bellman first of all if there's a bellman in it um, i'll be like i'll take the next one (laughs) (laughs) not interested and then second of all if they're wearing an old-timing uniform nope shit that's my jesus invented stairs yeah i mean my god yeah seriously i will take the stairs what floor you go into um nope i'm just gonna stay down here (laughs) i just i like it here you know what looked good the couch in the lounge (laughs) have a good night Scottish ghost. I'm waiting for someone. <laughs> well, and so I'm like, listen, I've seen Macbeth. <laughs> I get it. You're I know how ghost. this ends. Um, <laughs> you mean the Scottish play? Uh, I do. We're um, not in a theater. So we're not in a theater. It. It's okay. Um, so one one guy um, wrote an article for, I believe it was CanadianLiving.com. <gasps> I and, was just reading that periodical. <laughs> so good. That zine. Um, and he was, uh, they're so political. <laughs> I know, but you know what? I like what they have to say. <laughs> they're making a point. Uh, okay. wait, wait, what's it called? So again? CanadianLiving.com. Yep. So he went and stayed there and he, uh, talked to the security guard into letting him do the rounds with him. Oh. And so he was kind of like prodding him a little bit, like, tell me what you've seen. He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And it's not a thing. And then he was like, although there was this one time. They will always tell you. Yeah. And so he had a couple of stories, but the one that stands out was that, which is in relation to Sam, he was talking about how every time he passed an elevator, the doors opened and nobody was there and nobody was getting on. Nobody was getting off. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, a few other ghosts that have been seen at the Banff Springs Hotel. Uh, there's all this just to say that word often. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> I've actually been wanting to do this hotel for a while just so I could say Banff. Banff. Um, there is a, a ghostly bartender who encourages drunk guests to go to bed. Oh, he's so helpful. Yeah. So helpful. Into We that. all need him. Yeah. Um, I, that one made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Could have used you on Saturday. Um, <laughs> Wait, what happened on Saturday? Nothing. Okay. 
Um, there's a headless man who plays the bagpipes despite being headless. Boo. I do not like that. Don't care for that one bit. And weirdly, I'm in the very small percentage of human beings that enjoy bagpipes. Oh, okay. All right. You know how they're they're pitched in such a way that most people hate them? (laughs) I think sometimes it can be beautiful. I think it is so beautiful. I I went to a funeral where they did, uh, where there were bagpipes and I... I wept. At a funeral, I think it's a very appropriate it setting. It was the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. My my in-laws are Scottish, and um, a few... You don't say. I do say. Oh. I can't do Scottish. Yeah. Um, and um, there are some folks in the family who play the bagpipes, and like at family reunions, they'll do a thing, and it's actually That's pretty... That's great. It's really cool. I love that. Um, yeah, one of, one of uh, Andrew's cousin's her dad's cousin is like involved in like a bagpipe core, like a group. I love it. Yeah, she's awesome. If you've been to Scotland, you told. I mean, it's just one of those things you totally get it because Scotland is the most uh, beautiful, and yet, you know how beauty can be so sad. Mm-hmm. Everything about Scotland just seems like. I mean, you look across a lake and it's just covered in mist, and there's green everywhere, and it right. makes you feel. It's because they never see the sunshine. Terrible. But it's so beautiful. And you know why that's why great poetry and great mm-hmm. things come out of that That's why they're all so drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, like you're in, you're, you're say off of Sarasota on Siesta Key and you're like, this is fucking beautiful. Right. And then you have a margarita and listen to a steel drum, steel drum band in a right. way that you never would. Right. At home. Yes. Totally. It's just two different types of beauty. Mm-hmm. Agreed. One inspires you to be a fool. The other inspires <laughs> you just to like... Oh. To live and do things and inspire others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bagpipes. All right. Another ghost <laughs> that uh, um, has been seen as there's a reflection of a ghostly child in the window, window of the hotel's organ room. Nope. Um, Wait, hold on. <laughs> they have an organ they room? They have an organ room. Fuck. Thank you so much for catching that. <laughs> I'm going to get back to the fact that I hate reflected children, but like... They have what? an organ room. Why? <laughs> Why? So do you think, and I didn't, I didn't d- dive into this. They be- maybe like churched it up because it was so maybe. far away. I didn't di- dive into this because uh, I didn't on purpose because I wanted us to speculate what's in the organ room. Is it like a pipe organ room? So it's a room filled with pipes. Do they have multiple organs? <laughs> Is it where the Phantom of the Opera lives? Like <laughs> what's happening in this room? I I love it so good i think here's my speculation and i have no idea what i'm talking about is that mayhaps because they were so far from mm-hmm. where they're uh, far from calgary yes which is already a pretty fucking far away place right um that maybe they were just doing church services there probably or the phantom of the opera is up to no good he's french canadian french canadian <laughs> Do not try to Celine Dion. Dun, 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 dun. All right, moving on. My phantom de la the final story from the Banff Springs Hotel is of the ghost bride. Yes, please. This is really sad. No. Um, there's, I mean, there Yay. was <laughs> a young couple was married in the 1930s, early 1930s. Okay. Um, they had reserved the bridal suite at the um, Banff Springs Hotel, and they were having their wedding banquet at the hotel, so, like, the reception. Yeah. Um, The bride was ascending the marble staircase. (gasps) Ew, yucky, don't. Nope. 
to the Cascade Ballroom as okay. her husband waited at the top of the stairs and her dress caught on fire oh. from one of the That's not what I was like, thinking, but... t- like candles that was lit lighting the um, stairway. Ugh. Her dress lit on fire and in the chaos of trying to put it out, she fell down the stairs and Ugh. broke her neck and died. Ugh. So isn't that just Ugh. so, so tragic? I hate it. It's awful. I don't. It's so sad. Ooh. It's devastating. So people She have, gone with the wind in it. Yeah. It's so sad. She wind and gone it. So people have reported seeing a ghostly bride dancing alone. Why was she uh, in the Cascade Ballroom or ascending the stairs? Yeah, stairs make sense. Dancing on the ballroom, I don't know. That I think is a stretch, but yep. or that could be somebody else. Yeah, um, uh, it always heard... goes back to your resurrection Mary theory of like there is some other damn woman <laughs> dancing. I got married here too. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I got set on fire too, assholes. <laughs> what about me? Um... <laughs> Pay attention. Look at the timely manner in which I'm dancing. Trying to figure out the era. Um, uh, people have also also reported strange noises from the bridal suite um when the uh, room is not in use oh okay so <laughs> <laughs> that's normal yeah you never know what people, i mean <laughs> what's happening in the bridal suite oh my god it's the night you lose your virginity to tommy <laughs> lee you're gonna make some noise <laughs> totally uh so that's that's all for the Banff springs hotel yeah let's go um our journey next takes us to we're gonna i'm gonna skip over to this one okay I want to jump around a little bit. Right. Bowling Green, Ohio. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's a hot spot, Bowling Green, Ohio. I think it's located um, near Toledo. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about the Wood County Historical Center. Okay. Uh, formerly, um, it was formerly an infirmary. That opened its doors in 1869 and was the home to six residents from the County Insane Farm oh, yeah. of Perrysburg, Ohio. By the 19th, the way they refer to, um, by the way, I, I'm getting these terms um, from historical documents. Girl, That yes, this girl. is the way, I'm not being insensitive. This is the way that they were referenced. Yeah, as the I remember County when I did Insane the, farm. the Portland. Yes. And it was just basically like... It's, it's... They, people used to say such terrible things. Right. It's very non I mean, we, we do say terrible things now. I'm not trying to say we don't. So, yeah, it's not me being a jerk. I just want to preface that, all of this with that. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's the home for the insane I'm, and unmarriable? Right. I'm a jerk for many other reasons, but Girl, I am yeah. very insensitive, I'm very sensitive to the I mentally mean, handicapped. You never close out your tab. No, no. I, and I, I have had to... <laughs> I have had to have my credit card replaced so many times. I know. And then you're like, we'll just split an Uber. And then we don't. (laughs) The worst. I know. Why are we friends again? I don't know. I enjoy you so much. Um, So tell me more. (laughs) Okay. By the 19 or 1870s, I'm sorry. uh, 65 residents called the infirmary home. Um, (laughs) Did they? Well, actually. I mean, if they were insane. But they actually did some good things here. It wasn't like. um, it, It didn't. I tried to find, let me tell you, I dug and I really tried to find any type of stories of like mistreatment or people being Good. abused. And I really could not find anything. You were muckraking. I totally was because you just assume that an insane asylum, and it was never called an asylum, by the way, but a place like this in the uh, late 
1800s, people were not being treated well. Yeah. <clears throat> Quite the contrary. Yeah. Like, I, I really didn't find any, um, any type of, uh, evidence of that. So, um, well, that's good. So these folks who were there, um, the residents that were able to work, um, they actually made it very self-sufficient. So they worked on a farm doing chores around the grounds, making, um, they were like, um, working with cattle and with sheep and like doing all of this stuff. Actually, they had like a hog house and they had, um, a slaughterhouse. So they were actually like working with cattle. It was, it's kind of impressive. <laughs> kind of grossed out by the fact that it's gross. You just said slaughterhouse, but that's what they called it. So I, mean, I know that that's right. what it is, but you're, you're like, yeah, I was doing well. I feel like Tina has her psychological shit together. Let's put her in the slaughterhouse. <laughs> right. Well, and now like <laughs> to have like people with psychological problems, like I know, animals I know. Just right. Well, that's true. They're getting it out of their system. And back then what? They, they used, uh, <laughs> that's awful. No, I know. Right. I'm the worst. Uh, back then they were using like sledgehammers. Now they have like that, oh my. Air, that pr- air pressure gun. God. Um, I shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about that cause it's going to make me sad. All right. So, um, <laughs> In 1878, Edwin Farmer and his wife Charlotte made the infirmary their home as the superintendent and the matron. Um, during their years there, um, many more important events occurred. During 1884, um, natural gas was discovered, so they drilled the grounds for that. So that's good. Um, in 19- the older brother to fracking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Touche. Uh, in 1904, um, superintendent Farmer died and was succeeded by Frank Brandenberry, the husband of Lottie, the farmer's daughter. Um, and then Frank and Lottie retired in 1949. Um, during the 1950s, the infirmary became mainly just a nursing home. And then in 1971, it closed its doors and um, the residents were moved into a new county home. And then in 1975, it became a historical center and museum. Now, here are some of the other buildings that were on the grounds that were considered to be like the outbuildings. Yep. There was the county poorhouse and lunatic asylum, which was also (laughs) no. I was like, (laughs) I'm like, like doing research, and I'm like, wait. That can't be right. Yep. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, nope, that's totally what they called it. But they also called it the Wood County Home. Um, it was built in 1885 for only $1,700. Um, oh, what a, what a cheap... Yeah, it's steel. Uh, it was designed to house mentally ill res- male residents. No. The first eight patients were transferred um, from the Perrysburg Insane Farm, uh, which was the same place that the previous residents were transferred. So they were, they were like too aggressive mm-hmm. for the Insane Farm. Yeah. They had to go to the lunatic asylum. Right. So by 1900, Ohio legislation mandated that all mentally ill patients transfer to state hospitals. Um, so that changed the focus of the facility to a dormitory space for tr- trustworthy male residents. Um, and then um, in 2000, they actually restored the building back to um, the lunatic asylum and, and it's looks from the 1900s for historical purposes. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad that he will do that. Cause it's important for yeah. us to remember uh, as somebody who's very interested in history. It's important for us to mm-hmm. remember um, who we were, where right. we came from and what we've, what we've learned. Well, and one thing I liked about the website, um, the official website for the historical center was that they actually really embraced the paranormal activity that's happening in the area. And they embraced the history. Like they really didn't shy away from 
this is what they called these places. And these are the things that were there. Like there's one, um, one thing that they have where they're, they preserved these three severed fingers Um, from a man who, (laughs) yeah. And they're still there. And it's kind of like what the, they're known for there. They haven't decomposed. They're in whatever kind of fluid it is. Oh, oh, so, so it's in a jar. Yeah, it's in a jar, and it's. I don't it's know from... what I was thinking. I don't know why they would just go <laughs> out on a table. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> For people just to walk by, I, that actually oh, says fingers. more about me than the tale you're trying to tell. It's cool. Um, and the thing I don't have it written in my notes, but if I remember correctly, the fingers came from um, a man who killed his wife, and he severed his her fingers. And this was like evidence for his case, and he was held at the Maybe asylum. Maybe he's a guy from Banff. Could be. <laughs> it all ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, some other some other buildings that surround the area is the Pest House, which was also known as the Pestilence House, uh-huh. served as living quarters for men with communicable diseases such as scarlet fever and influenza, and then a second Pest House was um, put up for women and eventually torn down. And then they had um, a hog barn, an ice house, a slaughter uh, house, like I mentioned, a bunch of other like places. And then um, they also had a pauper cemetery, Aww. which was uh, they had to put in out of necessity, actually, um, because of okay. all of the yeah. people who had no family or money. Um, sadly, like we talked about with the Black Hope Cemetery, mm-hmm. the grave sites are marked with simple numbered stones. And the infirmary cemetery records were destroyed in a fire, so very little information is available available about who's buried there. Um, and the entrance is marked with the name Sunset Acre, which is kind of nice. I mean, sort of. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's something about that story that makes you feel very uneasy, and I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very unfortunate to think that these people we're kind of like discarded in this place yes. and ab- abandoned there. But I think it speaks to um, the people who ran the facility, at least to give them a somewhat of a, a proper job. burial and um, give them work and give them something to do. I think there's something <clears throat> that to me, uh, and you probably know this about me. There are certain things that like, I just, I just don't feel fearful about at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, any time that I feel a lot of fear around the paranormal is when we talk about insane asylums or mental institutions, um, mostly because they were, they were just an exercise in injustice yeah. and people who, I mean, by today's standards, we're probably okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure there was like an outlier who was just like totally uh, uncontrollable. But but the things that they did to people, and you couldn't say anything about it. I mean, I, right. I think to me that's the double-edged sword, the catch-22. That why right. that particular <clears throat> that particular malady of quote-unquote craziness has always just scared me to death. Mm-hmm. If you've seen Suddenly Last Summer, okay, <laughs> it's the only movie Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Catherine Hepburn made together. Uh-huh. It's the one with Monty Cliff. Is oh, this yeah. the second time I've mentioned this on the show? Uh, no, but we've talked about Monty Cliff before. With, um, <laughs> okay. Oh, because he was in the Chate- accent. And, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Chateau Marmot. The, uh, <laughs> I love how beautifully you say that. Um, Marmot. <laughs> 
But um, the the depiction of the quote unquote crazy people that Elizabeth, because Elizabeth Taylor is thrown in an insane asylum. Right, right. And I don't know. I don't know if this is where like I get this very maudlin scared kicking and of this. screaming, kicking and screaming, and she's gorgeous and she's I, I, they, don't s- they put her in a straight jacket and yeah, she's like reason, losing she's her mind basically and... this beautiful woman like wearing almost like a black negligee and then right she her hair is perfect yeah her she tries to beautiful. go across a catwalk and mm-hmm. there's these they're basically zombies mm-hmm. and there's these men tearing at her to try to rape her it left such an like an indelible mark on my brain that mm-hmm. i'm just terrified yeah terrified it's sort of the Sylvia Plathian sort of like well, and even in, of being crazy, but, you're gonna get fucked over, right? But even in modern day media as well, like we see it, we saw it in American Horror Story and girl. Make, remember Brittany Murphy and fucking Girl Interrupted. Girl Interrupted. She's eating all that chicken. Oh, yeah. It's just like you see these places where these people are so drugged up, they're yep. basically catatonic, and it's the the living conditions look so, so miserable. And I mean, I, I live, I live near, um, uh, sex hotels. I live near a lot of sex <laughs> hotels. Number one. Um, I also live near, um, a, like a nursing home for mentally handicapped people. And I'll see, oh. um, I'll see the nurses like wheeling people out and they just look like totally drugged up and like out of it. And it makes me so sad. And I don't, the, the, the thing is, is that I don't know what the solution is. Sure. Um, because I'm pretty removed from it. And so I don't, like, I, I know that we need to be humane and I know that there needs to, there has to be a, a better solution for it and yes. like a better place for them. I don't necessarily know what that means. Um, yeah, me either. I've, I've, like, no I, idea. but I feel like, yeah, we need to, like, our, our resources and now we're getting into a political conversation, but like our resources definitely are not going into mental health and we need to have a very large focus on that as a country. And that's I agree. Just absolutely and I honestly, not there. And it's very, very disheartening and upsetting to me because mental health is such a serious issue in this country. Yeah. I'm terrified. There are oftentimes when I'm on the L and I see somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just see somebody who, well, we see it in our homeless population just, on that's a regular what I'm basis. About. Just talking yeah. to themselves. They've obviously just urinated right. on themselves. And I just think there, but for the grace of God, go I. I, I like I said, I just have a personal attachment to this issue. And yeah. I'm just terrified. I'm terrified. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I think, I mean. Well, and unless you have man. money, unless you have money to put your loved ones who are suffering in such a way yes. into a proper home they're going to end up being in like a state run facility and there are very few of those left. Um, and so, and who knows what kind of conditions those are going to be in. And even, even in the, you know, the ones where you are paying the money, we don't know what's happening behind these closed doors. We hear stories and they're horrifying sometimes. So it's, it's very, it's a very scary world. Agreed. I'm sorry that I interrupted your story. No, with my, I mean my personal I, dismay at whenever I hear anything about mental asylums or lunatic asylums, which is actually I've never done any ghost hunting or EVPing mm-hmm. or anything in um, uh, that kind of scenario. I really feel like any other place I would not be afraid or I'd be right. okay. I just there's a really good um I would not want to be like let's say on the second floor of a mental institution and have some 
yeah. somebody try to reach out to me because I would fucking lose my shit. There, um, there's a really good um, documentary on Netflix called Cropsy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the guy who did it is also doing a show on A and E. I think right now I can't remember what it's called. This I don't know. I'm not gonna try to think about it or figure it out right now. Um, but it's basically about um, a um, um, patient at um an insane asylum for lack of a better term sure. like a mental health facility <laughs> um who was able to get out every night and he murdered a couple of little girls and i think it was in oh Long, was it long island or it was somewhere in new york um and it was kind of like um an urban legend and he actually went back and found out the truth about this whole story and it's really like check it out it's a really good documentary it's very it's it's really it's really well told, but also like very tragic. Um, but anyway, um, let's go back to um, the Wood County Historical Center. There are some things that people see there. Okay. There's sightings of a lost old lady in pajamas. Um, inmates from the asylum who um, sometimes are seen clawing at barred windows and steel doors. Wow. Yeah. Um, the sightings. <laughs> these sightings are frequent. Um, frequently seen by employees and patrons. Um, people also see uh, ghosts roaming the cemetery. Uh, ghostly noises have been heard near the pest house, and a padlock on a door near there was seen to spit was seen spinning without being touched. Um, people will see a girl crying in the hall. Um, they'll also hear notes from a piano or a music box. And then I just wrote Bert. Uh, <laughs> there's a man named Bert Gifford who was a mentally handicapped uh, resident who lived there and um, was um, one of the people who was self-sufficient and was able yeah. to like participate. So uh, he was. I'm described... so sorry that I'm deeply frowning. I'm like, no. This not... is actually this is actually kind of a sweet story. Oh good. I just uh, feel like the I'm rest not of the, okay. the no. The rest of this is actually kind of good. Okay. Um. So he he's described as a short man. Um. And he he was um when alive was frequently seen pulling a wagon, and regardless of what was happening in the world, he was always smiling. Yes, and sometimes, um, so now he's sometimes seen pulling his wagon around the grounds. Um, there is a man by the name of Dorsey Sar- Sargent who um, wasn't, in, I don't think he was employed by, specifically by the nursing home, but he would deliver the medicine to the home. Um, so he was there often, and in 1969, he said he was delivering with a student intern and they entered the West Wing, um, and they were walking to the nurse's station in the East Wing when a lady stepped out of a doorway. He described her as a short, elderly woman who was smiling. He said hello, and she smiled and nodded in return. Um, and he Is that said, her? He said, no, so this could possibly be the old lady that was seen in pajamas. Oh! Not clear, but it sounds like that's who, she, who it was. Um, he said as they stepped around, she was gone. And he told a nurse who said that all the doors were locked and no one was out. And they actually kind of looked around to make sure everybody was in their beds. As they should have done. Yeah, and nobody was out. And so he he actually said that the nurses weren't very surprised by his story. And then I imagine they told they told him that they referred to her as Agnes. That's nice. So he said Ew, I got shivers again. I get I know, I get shivers by this too. He said that um from that point forward he would say goodbye to Agnes whenever he left and the lights would flicker. Oh, now later on, he saw a picture of the woman that he was seeing 
And that woman was Charlotte Farmer, who was the original matron of the grounds. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the final thing is that sometime between 1974 and Dorsey Sargent still, uh, tells the story as well. And I think he is now involved with the historical museum. That's great. Um, he said sometime between 1971 and 1975, bare footprints were found inside the second floor. Bare footprints? Bare footprints. What are bare footprints? Bare, like, without shoes. Bare oh, footprints. I'm so sorry. sorry. I thought... Shoeless footprints. I thought you meant, like, a bear. Like... <laughs> bare footprints? But you were saying it in such a way that it was, like, like bare footprints? I'm sorry. I was trying to enunciate. No, 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 you're great. Uh, the problem... I was, like, a grizzly, like Betsy DeVos. <laughs> God. Uh, we must protect our mentally oh, ill from bears. Jesus. Uh, the problem is... JK, LOL, no hate mail. Eh. Um, <laughs> the problem is that um, nobody photographed or recorded these footprints, prints, so there's no evidence of them. Sure. He said that they led from the doorway into a hall, and they only had nine toes. Oh! Yeah, so... Some toeless wonder. So that is Bowling Green, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um... Next on our journey, let's go down to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. To the Ellis Hotel. That's where the Falcons are from. The Atlanta Falcons, yes. Uh, second place in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> First place, Lady Gaga. Second place, the Falcons. And then another team was there. Ugh. Um, all right. Hold on. My, my papers got screwed up. Stand by, everybody. Okay. Stand by. All right. Let's talk about the Ellis Hotel. Yeah, let's do um, built in 1913, uh-huh. it was formerly known as the Weinkauf Hotel. Did you know no. that the Weinkauf is the site of the most tragic fire in U.S. history? Uh, no. Tell me fucking more uh, now immediately. What? Get ready, everybody. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You have to tell me the body count then. Because I I'm, feel going like, to, I'm going to go through all of this. Shit, dude. I feel like I know about every tragic fire that's ever happened. I assumed that you would know this. No. Oh, man. Get ready. So, in- Wait, where is this? In Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, Hotlanta. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, on December, December 7th, 1946. Oh, my God. So, the hotel's been open for 33 years. Yeah. Um, they considered the hotel to be fireproof. Oh. Uh. But it was built without, door, without fire doors, without fire alarms, and without sprinklers fucking fuck everybody they believed how stupid is this they believed that the brick structure was fireproof uh-huh by the way so they, they uh, actually refer it's on peach peach tree street they refer to it as the titanic of peach tree now yeah i would imagine so when the fire started firemen from surrounding towns fought the fire for two and a half hours here's the problem there were 16 floors uh-huh. For this hotel. I'm sorry, my eyes are closed. You are I... going to die when you hear the story. Ugh. There were 16 floors. The fire ladders only reached to the eighth floor. The safety nets could not st- withstand anyone jumping more than 70 feet. Oh my God. So they would break. There were 280. That is disgusting. So, so bad. There were 280 guests staying at the hotel. The hotel was completely sold out, including the owners of the hotel who had the 16th floor penthouse. 119 perished in the fire and over 100 were injured. Many of them died of asphyxiation um, and almost three dozen of them jumped to their deaths. Oh, my God. 
Um, the guests included um, members of the Tri Y and Tri High Y Youth Conference. I don't know what those I are, but I think it's is. like, but it's it's a youth Probably conference. Some Christian organization. Probably uh, uh, Christmas shoppers and people in town to see the Song of the South. Um, oh, there's actually um, a very famous um, image of a woman jumping from the hotel that was um, snapped by Arnold Hardy, who at the time was a 26 year old graduate of um, a graduate <clears throat> student at Georgia tech. Um, he actually became the first amateur to win a Pulitzer prize in photography oh my God. for this picture. She was jumping from the 11th floor. Here's the good news. I hate it. She survived. I hate that even more. Please, if I jump from the 11th floor, murder me. She broke her pelvis. Oh, my God. Please don't go into it. I hate it. But no, listen. She lived a full life. She, her name is Daisy B. McCumber. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1905. Mm-hmm. So she was in, like, her 30s when this happened. Um, and she died on August 12th, 1992 at the age of 86. Okay. So she lived I thought this happened in 1946. It did. Didn't you just say she was born in 1905? I did. So I said she was in her, what, like, her 30s when this happened? Oh, she was born in 1905 and it happened in 1946. 46, so she was 31. Yeah. Was she? 41. 41, correct. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, I've never been good at mathematics, but wait. That's, but she survived, she survived a jump from the 11th floor, which is I mean, is that's amazing. Incredible. And I'm, I just don't have the stamina and I, uh, that's terrifying. But I have a question. What was the total death count? 119 people. That is not the most deadly fire. Well, according to all of the things that I read, they are wrong. Okay. Our Iroquois fire disaster killed over uh, 600 people. <gasps> right. Yeah. Interesting. It might be the most deadly fire in Atlanta. Perhaps. To date. Okay. There's actually the uh, uh, Triangle Shirt Waste Factory fire in uh, New York. That killed you them. do know all the famous fires. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Very few hobbies. One is knowing about Tommy Lee. <laughs> one is reading tons of books, and the other one is knowing about fucking disasters. Well, I stand corrected, and so does the internet. Um, well, they, I mean, they, they, they. I thought that. Well, and I, I have to say, like, I thought that 119 seemed. It's very tragic it's and awful and awful, terrible. But it's. But I did see low. it was low compared to other things. Because so, there are prisons who have had. Yeah. Right. Anyway. And I didn't. Also take the time. That's to a terrible something. thing for me to do. But like, I, I should know. do an episode of just where I talk about. You should fire. All right, let's keep going because there's more. Man's natural enemy. So, the bodies of those who jumped were piled on the sidewalk, and then they scattered in a nearby alley. So they eventually like kind of started falling into this yeah. alley. Um, the good news is that the fire actually prompted many changes in building codes. So this is what like kind of kicked it it off. It's amazing how some, a tragedy like this would actually um, cause for reform and change. Huh? (laughs) Maybe some common sense reform. It's weird. So people don't die in fires as wanted or school shootings. I don't know. What? Um, Stop. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) We just lost an uncle to this day. I've lost so many Uh, to this day. um, They don't know what caused the fire, but it was a suspected arson. Yeah. Somebody, it started on a low floor and and rose up and they, that's all they know. Um, I bet now they, they they could probably, they would know more because they would find accelerants and they would sort of see like, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, which is so fucking awful. Here's the deal. Well, I mean, 
I know you have more to give. Mm-hmm. Those of you out there right now looking to commit arson. Uh, stop it. Stop it. But one, if you're looking to just do insurance money, if you're looking to do what my mother calls Greek lightning, <laughs> which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> do you know that? Oh my God. I almost put my drink up. <laughs> In Chicago, there is a racial ethnic term for. Oh, that's so bad. Basically, if your business is going under (laughs) and you want to collect the insurance money, you commit Greek lightning. Well, there have been a couple incidents in the last year in Chicago. Yes. Uh, so basically it's just arson. My bowling alley is one of them. No, okay. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that term Oh my before. God, my mom. That's so bad. <laughs> my mom one time was hanging out <laughs> with some oh, friends. Karen. And I was not there for this. And uh, our mutual friend Jason came up to me and he was like, hey, what's Greek lightning? And I turned to him and I was like... Oh my god, I went to the bathroom for like five minutes. Uh, so then I had to explain it was arson for the insurance money, and then I also had to apologize extensively for the lack of. Uh, oh, that's incredible. Right. Okay, so, so first of all, so this, is, this is what I was going to say. If you want to burn down your building for the insurance money, okay, just make sure everyone's gone and, yeah. you know, like do it better. Don't use accelerants and do better. Uh, I just saw that you ignored me. Sorry. Oh, I just got the new uh, Neil Gaiman book. Yeah. I know. I just got really excited really about exciting. it. I'm going to borrow that. I haven't finished. I know. I'm going to far- borrow it when you're done. You're going to borrow it? I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> God damn it. Thanks a lot, Barbed Wire. Right? Um, yeah. What a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I was going to say. I got more like, to say. Oh, yeah, all right. All right. All right. Say, say, say your no, Greek no, lightning. So the second thing is like... <laughs> Yeah, so one, cool, commit Greek lighting, just make sure that no one's there. Right. But the second thing is, like, if you're going to just, like, set fires because you're a fucking crazy sociopath, go far away. Just do it in the woods. Do, like, your crazy well, parking... Well, keep it away from, like, wood or things that could serve. Yeah. Well, because you know that is... Like, Stand in an empty parking lot. That's what I was saying. Yeah, not in the it woods. It is part of the mental craziness right. for people to... I mean, like, Light a match in an empty parking lot. Yeah. Many of the things that they love to do, they love to kill animals, they love to set fires, they love to... Wet like, their beds. Wet their beds. <laughs> I was about to say that they don't love it, but they do it. It's a thing. Um, so just, like, don't right. set your fires near hotels. God damn it. Please, don't. Or schools. Period. The end. But not of this episode, because I have more to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got more. We've got more. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Here are some things people have seen at the hotel. Uh-huh. Um, they, there are apparitions. Um, people smell mysterious smoke, mm-hmm. and they hear screaming in the hallways. Mysterious so, smoke like uh, cannabis? Um, no, I think they're having strokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're smelling toast. Burnt toast. <laughs> toast with Jesus. <laughs> Fun fact about the Ellis Hotel. So many strokes. So many strokes. <laughs> What's that creepy paranormal? Uh, Gonna hit the Wikipedia page, I hope. Uh, Just kidding, JK. Um, (laughs) uh, So, uh, clearly a lot of resonant energy going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The fire alarm sometimes goes off at 2.48 a.m., which is the exact time the fire started. Yeah. Um, Workers who are working in the hotel will claim that their their tools will will disappear or be in a different spot. 
So there's some what an mischief. easy thing to claim. It's like, hey Jack, can you come in uh, uh fix the uh fix the faucet? Right. Two oh two. And no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> a ghost has stolen my me. wrench is missing. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, there are mysterious faces that are appearing in windows. Just sometimes like... screaming in terror. <laughs> so that's the Ellis Hotel. I don't like that. And um, finally, mm-hmm. the last part of our journey. I can get myself together. We're going to go to Sweden. Uh, Sweden? Sweden. I'm so excited. To the Borg Vatnet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Borg Vatnet. <laughs> Borg Vatnet? You think that's how much it is? Stop saying it. <laughs> I have to say it more, though. Borg Vanet is mostly renowned for its old vicarage, which was built in 1876 and is reputed to be a haunted house. Oh. So vicarage is uh, the residence of a vicar. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know who a vicar is. <laughs> member sorry, of the clergy who's in charge of the chapel. I'm just going to go ahead and put my face over my face. <laughs> so the uh, the town population of Bourgvenet <laughs> is 50. Um, 50 people. It's 50 people. It's a small town in northern Sweden. Oh my god. How many ghosts do they have? And the real occurrence of the Sweden incident. Uh, oh. Uh, I'm kidding. Oh. But Or am I? Um, there are 50 people that live in this town. So the uh, first documented mentioning of ghosts in the vicarage is in a letter dated in 1927, which was written by uh, chaplain Nils Hedlund who lived in the house at the time, um, the vicarage. We're going back to that. Uh, in the 1930s, Hedlund's successor, Chaplain Rudolf Tangden... Giuliani. Yes. Claimed to have seen uh, the ghost of a woman in the house. And in the 1940s, the subsequent subsequent uh, chaplain, Otto Lindgren, and his wife um, said they experienced paranormal activity, including weird sounds and moving objects. Uh, in 1941... A woman who visited the vicarage woke up one night in the guest room to see that she was not alone. Th- uh, she said that this is terrifying. Oh my God. Three old women were sitting in a sofa <gasps> staring at her in the dark room. They were sitting on a, a wait, sofa? Wait, they were sitting on the sofa staring at her while she was in bed in the dark. She woke up to see that she turned on the light and they were still there. Fuck. <laughs> Why? That's like my worst nightmare. It's like they don't go away. The only difference is that she said they appeared to be more blurry. Probably because she didn't put her glasses on. Yeah, put on your glasses. No, they didn't go away. That's that's terrifying. Right. Um What uh what uh, what were they asking? We don't we don't know. They just oh. were sitting there staring. And she said she just like stayed back and like watched them and that's the end of the story. I don't know anymore. Um, in 1945, uh-huh. Chaplain Eric Lindgren moved into the vicarage and he started writing down in his journal all the strange things that he experienced. Ugh, a journal. Nah. Um, <laughs> but thanks for documenting. Yeah, everything. I mean, seriously, important he to did a great service. Important, important to Swedish history. Uh, <laughs> dear diary, today I bought a rocking chair and I Three brought it women. to the vicarage. Is that really what it says? Uh, he did. He bought a he bought a rocking chair. Oh, I thought you were just like I no. thought you were vamping. 
I was vamping, but he also bought a rocking chair. Um, And he um, was never able to sit in it for very long because he would be thrown out by an invisible force. (laughs) This is my chair. Okay. Wait, Um, uh, one has to ask oneself, like, how many attempts? Good question. I'm telling you this. After the third, I'm like... It's the chair. Yeah, the chair goes. Mm-hmm. I don't keep the chair and like 18th get time a, I'm like get why the one. fuck do I keep getting thrown out of this chair I don't know third don't time know. I'm like ghostesses and then I take it out to the parking lot <laughs> where no one can get hurt and I set it on fire <laughs> I think they really just needed to send set the vicarage on fire Ooh, um, harsh words for the vicarage I just am saying <clears throat> there is some stuff there Okay. Um, so, uh, there are tales of abused maids and babies bearing, being buried in the backyard. Oh, no. Um, and now it's believed that the, the vicars actually are the ones that haunt the house. Okay. So not unclear. Um, in the 1980s, the renowned site caught the attention of an outsider priest named Tor <laughs> Forsland, also known as the ghost priest. No, shut it up. The ghost priest. No way. Real. Tors Forsland. The Tors, ghost priest. Tor Forsland. Tor Forsland. The ghost priest. Um, <laughs> coming to the CW this fall. Tor Forsland. Ghost priest. That is fucking. Amazing. Oh my god, that would be such a good CW show. Grr. Like, I mean, I swear to God, he just walks the fjords. He's <laughs> like, there was a woman here named Olga. You're welcome, Tor Forsland. Out. <laughs> So we got to find out more about Tor. Shut up. I'm writing that like, I'm just doing a treatment when this is over. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, let's do that. So I didn't invite you. Oh, man. (laughs) That's because I don't follow through on things. I'm just kidding. You're Um, invited. Thank you. (laughs) Don't make me do all the work. (laughs) Ghost Priest. Um, So this is... Ghost Priest, TM, no Welshman. (laughs) Out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this website uh, said... The devoted enemy of the occult came into town, promising to rid the appar- rid it of the apparitions that the citizens had already begun capitalizing on. Unfortunately, his exorcisms seemed to have met with little to no success, and he left the area within a year. Now it's a hostel. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. It has sort of a Western genre that I would like to apply to Sweden. Yeah. I like that it's a hostel now. I uh, also don't like that. Well, there also really haven't been any reports of like from the guests that have stayed there of anything happening or any activity. Mm-hmm. So interessant. Uh, I agree, and um, I know we're trying to finish up here, but just a just a quick thing. Um, going back to the Lincoln Park Cemetery episode, and you and I have talked about this uh, over and over and over again on this ghost show, is that without proper context. People do not know how to tell their story. I guarantee, though, if there had been this much activity and people had been as perturbed. Okay, go. Um, and we're back. And we're back. So uh, basically what I was saying is that um, uh, um, the Lincoln Park thing with. Oh, yeah. When people don't know how to contextualize their disturbances, they don't know what to say. Um, so if you were. Okay. So if you were in a building. Um, that you knew burned down in 1946. You could be like, everything here fucking feels weird because I know that a building here burned down in 1946. But say it's 2017 and you're just, um, you're just 
in a building or you're walking around or you're walking through an alley. Right. The only thing that you know that you know is that you feel bad yeah. or that you feel weird. Right. Or you feel sad or right. you know you need to go. Um, it is that crazy thing where context is everything. Mm-hmm. And this is why I find ghost stories so interesting uh, is because they explain uh, they explain our history, they connect humans to one another, and they connect generations. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Okay. Well, thanks. So, in conclusion, <laughs> today, we took a trip to uh, Canada, uh-huh. a place where some of us might want to move eventually. Justin Trudeau's A. And then we checked in with... Um, uh, Bowling Green, Atlanta, and Sweden, places that we wanted to make sure were okay. Yeah. And do have some hauntings, but otherwise all seems to be well there. Mm-hmm. So, that's all for me. Well, Noel Schmidt, thank you so much for uh, uh, taking us through this wonderful journey. Thank you, um, Jay Stegman. <laughs> you all have been listening to High Spirits. Uh, tonight I've been uh, brought to, or, or my sponsor has been Hop. Escape by Sam Adams, and Noel has been drinking <gasps> Barbed Wire by Pam Anderson. Ouch! Which is amazing. Uh, this is the end of our episode, so Noel has one gnarly, awful thing to say to ye. Sweet dreams.